Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 364 days a year. Even with bad movies. You better not start which off that way. he's not referencing tonight. Anthony's trolling. <laughs> How was your week, gang? I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. <laughs> I'm Tom. I had How's a good week, week, y'all. I had a good week. I mean, we're getting closer to Christmas, so I have nothing. Oh, absolutely. It is. Dude, our neighborhood is on point this year. Like, so many houses have lights up. It's awesome. Because I have two boys. The two youngest boys are like Christmas light freaks. And it's hilarious when you drive through the neighborhood and Jude just starts saying, he goes, look out your window. Christmas lights. Look out your window. Christmas lights. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty great. That's awesome. We're going into um, the city tomorrow after work to meet my sister and her boyfriend, go see the tree and everything like that. Oh. Which one then? Which tree? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> the one in the department store that Buddy the Elf showed Jovi. <laughs> yeah. It was the biggest tree he had ever seen. Um, and then Saturday, me and a bunch of my cousins are going to the Bronx Zoo. They do this big holiday light show and a penguin parade and everything like that. It's the first time they're doing it in like 10 years. They, penguin parade? <laughs> Like with real yeah, they, life penguins? Yeah, they walk down, like doing their little thing. Like, oh my gosh, they waddle. So funny. I love it. Yeah, that is. Penguins? I'm skeptical of penguins, though. What? Why? You don't trust Madagascar. penguins? No. Madagascar. <laughs> uh, the that, penguins are that the best part of that film. Accurate, but do you trust them? Well, I got <laughs> Batman going films, against you, too, with respect to penguins. Those films. <laughs> made, yeah, that's true. Those films made me um, like penguins even more. Yeah, and speaking, speaking of Batman and Penguins, I've been seeing all the articles pop up about Die Hard and Batman Returns and all our other gremlins and all the non-Christmas Christmas movies. Yeah. It really yeah. feels like the Christmas season when you start to see that stuff pop up. Yeah. Yes, uh, so I got to check in here because I finally, the other night I stayed up and uh, Christine and I have our, our theme for the month of December is get it together. Like we're just going to get our whole life together before the new year. Yeah, so I stayed up and, and did some organizing and got ready for the maids and everything. And um, I decided to watch The Mandalorian. Do you love yes. it? Yes. So I'm current. I am not a Star Wars fan. Right. We've been through this. Right. When John Favreau takes over for writing for Star Wars, something in me clicks. <laughs> Actually, let me rephrase that. I'm not a Lucas Star Wars fan. I don't like anything that Lucas did um, very much. It's just boring. It's yeah, uh, but Heresy. everything that's being done. Heresy. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, the Mandalorian and like the newer um, 
the newer movies like The Last Jedi um, mm-hmm. really have changed my opinion of Star Wars. But The Mandalorian is freaking amazing. Isn't are it good? Buy, are we all going to buy a Baby Yoda when the merchandise hits in March? I'm going to make a Baby Yoda. It's on my the Christmas Funko craft Pop. to-do list. He's so His Funko Pop adorable. is out. Yeah, it is out. He's so precious. He, he really is. I love him so much. I said <laughs> I was in the a, airport uh, when I first watched. When I first saw him came on, come on. I was in the airport on my way to Dreamforce. I was in Arizona, and the screen popped up, and there he was. And I was like, "Oh!" out loud. And this guy next to me looked, and he, I'm like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> he was so cute. He was so incredibly cute. I and I, uh, I love that airport by the way, Sky Harbor. Do. Do yeah. we think, uh, no, that's not the one I was at. Do we think he's Yoda's kid, Julia? Or is he just one so, of his species? Well, yeah, so this is where I was t- chatting with you about it at that time. You know, I asked mm-hmm. if, if, there, if all the Yodas, like what is a Yoda even? Have well, we ever even learned like what We never a Yoda learned his is? species name, and he told Luke Skywalker he was the last of his kind. So this changes okay. the canon because this is post-Yoda's it, death. Because well, it's, yeah, it's post-Yoda. It is. Does it change the canon or is it just... It adds to the Yoda canon. I didn't, I, didn't, right. I didn't mean it was a retcon, yeah. The Yoda change, just it, didn't know. But that's what I mean. Like, is it Yoda's child? And he doesn't know. I mean, well, I his know, child, how he would have that? been with another one of his species, but he thought all, there was nobody left in his species. So does all of his species have the force then? Because this guy has the force. Oh, he's got a pretty hardcore, yo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like and how cute was he like, when he used it? Closed his eyes and raised his little hand. Oh, and then he he's got so cute. tuckered out. Yeah, and then he's so tired. He just, uh, are he's, you he's both tuckered out? <laughs> are you both current? Yes. No, I'm not current. How I'm far are you behind? Back. Two, because I finished Castle Rock. I prioritize Castle Rock. I okay. <laughs> I don't. I think you. I think you've seen this before. It's not really a spoiler. Okay. It's not a spoiler. But Tom, my favorite Baby Yoda bit was when he kept touching the controls in the spaceship and the Mandalorian yes. kept turning I've it off. I've seen that in memes. I'm pretty excited. Well, that and I like it when he kept trying to touch the Mandalorian's outfit, like his suit too. Yeah. Like when he gets out and he crawls and he tries to touch something, he gets put back in his little egg. <laughs> yeah, every time he moves him and places him somewhere else, it makes me laugh. Me too, because I'm thinking, Cause it's you know. it's just like a baby. Just imagine uh, picking up. See, I just picture picking up grown Yoda and moving him around and how well that would go over. I'm just so glad that they decided to use a puppet because John Favreau wanted to use CGI and one of the actors convinced him to use a puppet. Told him Ooh. to like be brave and use a puppet. The, so, oh boy. That's, that was a good move. The other thing about it that I can't get over, I just, I can't get into Carl Weathers post arrest of <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm just wondering if he's going to ask somebody to buy him a sandwich or something, you know? Carl Weathers, I love him, and I just love him in Toy Story as Combat Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's there's something about seeing his face that I can't get past the rest of development at all. Yeah, I can't either. When you see the newest episode, Julia, we have to talk because I have some okay. theories about that ending. Most people, perfect. Think. I like we do theories. need to talk, but by that time, we'll be we'll have another episode though. Yes. So neglect neglect your family during the holidays and commit yourself to Disney Plus, Julia. Done. So they cast the three leads in Home Alone remake. Did you guys see that? No. They did what? They cast, they cast uh, the three leads in the Home Alone remake. 
And they are. And I said, yeah, and when I say the three leads, I mean Kevin and his parents. They haven't cast right. burglars yet. Who are they? Okay. Kevin is Archie Yates, who was, I think, just in Jojo Rabbit. I don't know him. And the parents are being played by Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney. Wow. Oh, I love Ellie Kemper. <laughs> I love her. I, I, love, I love both of them, but I'm still very hesitant because they said the kid, this yeah. kid's supposed to be more bratty than Kevin, supposedly. He looks kind of bratty. Yep. I'm looking him up right now. I, don't know I mean, him. he's precious, but I could see how he could be bratty. Where did we fall uh, on the, do we need a reboot? We don't. Well, that's, a, that's what I was we about don't. to ask. But did we need a Grinch remake? And we all loved it. And we, but I think we that's have true. to go in with the very low expectations and hopefully we'll love it like we did with the Grinch. And I so, mean, Disney I, Plus has done some very great things in their very short life so far. But they haven't tackled a remake. This kid does not have the cuteness that a young Macaulay Culkin had. I think this kid is cute. I think he's cute. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he has that Macaulay Culkin wide-eyedness. Mm-hmm. No, like I don't no. think he's going to have that excitement and everything that Macaulay Culkin has. Uh, but Ellie Kemper, uh, <laughs> I think that's a good. I think that's a good job. She can do. She's pretty versatile. Ellie Kemper yeah. and Rob Delaney are good casting for the parents. I think we need to wait, hold on, and see who they cast as the Wet Bandits. That's really and what's we, a lot more important than what we have with the parents, right? Yep. So we, we don't know storyline yet, right? Or even the premise, or do we? we so it's a reboot. But have they confirmed? I don't think they confirmed it's technically going to be Kevin McAllister. I, I assume it is because they keep calling it a reboot. Like, if it, if it wasn't, it would just be another Home Alone movie like they keep doing. Like they right, doing. right. So a proper reboot. A proper reboot. So I assume it's going to be the wet band. Or the but they ass. start shooting in Q1 of 2020. So I'm sure we'll get that casting soon. Yeah, I just don't know that I can enjoy wet bandits that are not our Marv and Harry. Just real quick, I watched Home Alone 2 the other day. First of all, every time I forget that Kevin, <laughs> how violent he is in that film particularly. But yeah, super bad. <laughs> but <laughs> Marv, so not Marv. Harry has a good core because he literally balances his entire body on that toilet with his hands to <laughs> put the fire on his head out. And I'm like, darn, like he is like, he must be good at planking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, after that trip down memory lane of Tis the Podcast Christmas Past, let's jump into tonight's film. Tonight, we are covering the 1988 classic Bill Murray Christmas movie, Scrooged. Uh, this movie is, comp- is iconic. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's a retelling of Scrooge, Charles Dickens' story, which we've covered ad nauseum. <laughs> um, but I don't think we've even scratched the surface of what we will be covering in the years to come. But it's a modern retelling. It is everything about this is an 80s film. Mm-hmm. the everything it's just it's just a quintessential 80s film bill murray is a c- cynical tv executive who has given up who who lost his love has given up on everything and is just so focused on his career that he needs to be visited by four christmas spirits and uh those well three christmas spirits and a dead co-worker <laughs> 
coworker. <laughs> Boss guy. And uh, he's going to learn the lesson of what Christmas is all about. Let's start with histories. And for that one, Anthony, kick us off. I saw this movie when I was young. This is, I saw, I, when I say young, yeah, I was like close to 10 when I saw this movie for the first time. And I liked it. <laughs> I, I, I still like it. This one hasn't aged as well for me as a lot of movies we've done. That'll be an interesting conversation to have later. How about you, but, Julia? But I definitely oh. like it still. I was, I mean, I, d- I definitely don't love it like a lot of our fans on Reddit and Facebook seem to. And our podcast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I like it. It's not one of the ones I loathe entirely. Oh my gosh. Loathe entirely. Julia, how about you? Um, so I, I don't remember the first time I saw it and watching it this time, I'm not sure I've ever sat down and completely watched this movie start to finish until Monday, Monday night. And I think a lot of it probably had to do with my parents probably started playing it and then turned it off when it got kind of scary because I remember the first few scary bits and then I was like I don't remember anything else so I think they probably turned it off either for content or um for the scary stuff like they were afraid it was going to freak me out so I (laughs) I think I've watched it one time through in my entire life and then I've just kind of seen snippets before that so I love this movie (laughs) I don't really remember much of a Christmas without this. Um, I know it wasn't on when I was a little kid, but I um, was exposed to it pretty young and have enjoyed it. Somehow Christine has over the years seen bits and pieces, but she hadn't seen the entire movie straight through until the other night when we watched it. So she was in the same camp as you, Julia. Yes. She was, uh, she was probably frightened. She would have been frightened by it as a child as well. I think she was a little frightened of it as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's jump into this cast. The film, uh, like we said, it debuted in 1988. It is directed by Richard Donner. Richard Donner is an icon in Hollywood. He, uh, aside from this, he also directed the first Superman, Lethal Weapon. It was Conspiracy Theory. He did uh, the Kojak TV series. I mean, there's just a lot to his name. He's done done quite a he bit. Did the, he years. did the second Superman. T- there's a Donner cut of the second Superman. He was kicked off. He didn't do the theatrical version. But the oh. Donner cut is on home media. So oh, and it's wow. a lot better. So He did really? Lady Hawk. I love that movie. He did Lady Hawk. He did a lot. What are your favorite uh, what are your favorite Donner movies? I love the Superman films. Mine's going to have to be between uh, Superman and I really like the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson. and. I love that movie so much. It's so underrated. It is. When I was making my notes for this movie, I'm like, okay, that is going on the watch list. Yep. Maverick, though. I love Maverick. Maverick's one of those movies I can watch over and over again. We do. We should mention later. We should talk later about the behind the scenes drama of this film because Bill Murray and Richard Donner did not get along not at all the movie is written by mitch glazier and michael o'donohue uh, michael o'donohue doesn't have a whole lot to his name aside from he did uh, a lot of saturday night live stuff including the saturday night live uh christmas episode in 1999 but our friend mitch glazier here he has done other things like the recruit do y'all remember that movie with will ferrell or colin ferrell and 
That's a totally <laughs> opposite feral. That's I a mean, very different You movie. don't get as different. <laughs> That's two different ferals. The Al Pacino and Colin Farrell movie was really good. Um, he also uh, wrote A Very Murray Christmas, which we need to cover at some point. That was on our list this year, but then we skipped a few weeks just because of scheduling, so that got pushed out. We should oh. definitely schedule it next year. He did the night. He wrote for the 1998 Gwyneth Paltrow Great Expectations movie. Oh. On to the most iconic person in this movie. It stars Bill Murray. Debatable. And... I'm joking. Oh my gosh. I was like, no, it's really <laughs> not. What I just joking. said was a was a fact. Uh, <laughs> Bill Murray, of course. God, the guy goes back. He was. He has a history with SNL, which is always funny. He was in Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Tootsie. But uh, he was in Little Shop of Horrors. But where I really fell in love with Bill Murray was Dr. Peter Venkman. Uh, uh, yes. Speaking of which, that trailer for the new one looks amazing. Looks unbelievable. And like I said on your Facebook, and I stand by it, it looks – it is totally – when they were putting this together, they got a lot of information or uh, information. they got a lot inspiration. of inspiration from Stranger Things. It's got that same mm-hmm. awesome 80s kid Goonies mm-hmm. feel to it. But the fact that the whole original cast is back for the sequel as well makes me happy. Uh, Minus Harold Ramis. May he rest in peace. Not true. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> the rest of the alive ones are. Well, see, it would have been really, oh, it would have been in poor taste. But really funny if they have his ghost show up at some point. Yeah. Oh I, said th- I said that to Sarah. I want that to happen. I think that would be a good homage. Like if his I ghost comes I think he would like, be okay him. with that. I think so too. I would too. That would be cool. Uh, he went on to do Groundhog Day, Space Jam, The Man Who Lo- Knew Too Little. Uh, for a while there, he kind of fell, Bill Murray fell out of favor, went into, had less, his movies weren't as great. Then he came, had a nice little comeback again with, Charlie's Angels, but really hit hit the floor running uh, with Royal Tannenbaums and Lost in Translation, and Life Aquatic, he, The Darjeeling. He's a notoriously limited. difficult actor to work with and a notoriously picky actor when choosing movies. Oh, and I'm getting in trouble right now because I did not mention What About Bob? Oh my gosh, yeah, you should get in trouble for that. I did. Uh, then we've also got, we've got the... Zombie Land, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom, Monuments Men, Grand Budapest Hotel. He had a, I loved uh, his cameo in Zombie Land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was out of this world. He's did, in Zombie Land Double Tap? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. As a. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, uh, but that scene was awesome. He's in the upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife. What is your favorite Bill Murray? Oh, and I forgot Rushmore. It's hard to pick one favorite Bill Murray. You know, we say he's oh, difficult to work with. Apparently, apparently, he and uh, Wes Anderson can work really well together. Groundhog Day I, is my favorite Bill Murray. Mine and, is Ghostbusters, I mean, followed by Groundhog Day. Really quick, really close Groundhog Day, and third is Caddyshack. I love Caddyshack. Mine is probably Ghostbusters, followed by What About Bob. Hmm. Uh, I, I can't go from there. SNL, probably. I mean, he was just amazing in SNL. Uh, Karen Allen plays Claire Phillips, his long-lost love interest. There is no terrible, terrible 
song musical number <laughs> Thank i had a total crush on her in this movie just gonna say it now i really did you have a crush like, on every woman in a movie yet. no <laughs> like there was something like very endearing and fun about her i was like what an idiot letting her go i i didn't buy the whole okay we'll get to that never mind we'll get to that what she's barking at him on the couch no that was funny where she the when he's in the with the ghost of christmas present or future and she's Oh, all future. Yeah, the Christmas. yeah, she got her start in film and in National Lampoon's Animal House. She did mm-hmm. The Glass Menagerie. She was in an Alfred Hitchcock Presents. She was in Animal Behavior. Um, I don't know if y'all know. Starman, the slowest movie I seen ever it. created. Oh. She was in The Sandlot. I love The Sandlot. What was she King in the Sandlot? Oh, she was mom. the mom. She was the mom. Yeah, that's right. Of course. Of course. Of course she was. Uh, it was in the movie A Perfect Storm, and I have to tell an embarrassing story. Well, it's not embarrassing for Christine, but it's one of the first stories she told me about when we first started dating. She went to the movies with a guy who took her out, and he took her to see the movie The Perfect Storm. Y'all remember that movie? Yes. Yeah. It's Mark Wahlberg, right? George Clooney's definitely in it. George yeah, Clooney, George Mark Clooney. Wahlberg's in it. Mm-hmm. Mark, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Well, she went to see that movie with this guy and at the end he starts crying and she thought he was like being funny. So she laughed at him. He got really offended. And <laughs> something, oh about that movie, something about that movie made him cry and Christine laughed at him. Well, it's an everybody dies at the end movie. <laughs> but it's not a, it's not a heartstrings death that they die. I well, it's a true story, Tom. You're I would have people. <gasps> yeah, I just didn't cry i was i was pretty heartless back in that day that time though uh she was in indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull a tv movie called november christmas which i have not seen but uh i think we should add to our our list just because of her presence here Um, oh it's got josh corbin in it john corbett i'm sorry wrong names and sam elliott we gotta add that to our list it's got sam elliott yeah I think she kind of looks like in this movie, like she could be related to Margot Kidder. She does favor her uh, a bit. I can There's totally see that, it. especially in this picture right here. Is it the butt chin? Is that it? It was the face, so it might have been that. She's got a little bit of the butt chin, but she's precious. We, she you don't precious. know if Anthony or I have butt chins. We hide our butt chins under our butt chin hair. I mean, <laughs> girls can't. We don't have that flexibility. And I have no chin without the beard, so I can tell you I do not have a bunch. <laughs> Especially in that picture I just posted in uh, Chanty. She looks, she could be totally related. I don't have Chanty on my computer. It logged me out and I can't get back in. Yeah, I could totally see that. I have it on my phone. That picture. That picture right Anthony? there. Oh, she totally, talk Julia. That, that picture right there. She totally does. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were trying yep, to get yep. the I like big how, screen. I got you. I like how we have to... Uh, trick slack here um, <laughs> lou hayward in this our first ghost we encounter is played by is john marley? forsyth yes it's marley yes yeah he's marley it's john forsyth again he has just done his his acting credits go back ridiculously far one of the last things he did was a he was the voice in a christmas movie called we wish you a merry christmas Aww. um a little reindeer cartoon movie, but he has the trouble with Harry. He was in dynasty. He was, uh, he played Charles Townsend in Charlie's angels. He played Charlie. Mm-hmm. 
Good morning, angels. Yeah, I recognize yeah. his voice way more than I recognize his face. He did have quite a bit of makeup going on in this movie at that moment, but I recognize his voice. He did. He did. And he was in the Charlie's Angels movies and the Charlie's Angels TV series. Um, Wait, he I, did the voice in the movie too? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. In Charlie's Angels and Full Throttle? Yep. I was familiar with his name and I recognized his voice. I did not recognize his face at all. Yeah. Um, I don't have a favorite John Forsyth because I'm not a big yeah. fan. I liked the trouble with Harry. Wasn't he in that? Yes. Yeah, there you go. I guess that's more of I like the movie more than him, but that's his, probably my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. One of the voices that annoys me more than any other voice. <laughs> I know who ever. you're going to say. <laughs> and I'm so glad the 80s are gone for this one reason. is Bobcat. Who plays Elliot Powder Milk? His voice <laughs> grates on my nerves, and I just remember a time where he was in so much. Apparently, he's still acting. He has his own TV series, y'all. Bobcats, Misfits, and Monsters. Wow, I did, I did not know that. Well, in 2018, he, anyway. Yeah, as an actor, yes, he has 106 credits special. to his name. A lot of it's voice acting as well, but um, I don't really want to. I don't have a favorite. So I don't really have anything to say. Um, I remember him as a kid from this. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was on, what's his name? Oh, let me look. Yeah, John Larquette show. He's of course on the Police Academy movie. Mm-hmm. That's where I remember him most from was Police Academy movies. He was the, in Dave's World, um, Tales from the Crypt, which whatever i just don't even know how that happened yeah there were just so many times his voice came up uh he was on the mickey mouse's house of villains uh, i like the house of villains special from the house of mouse yeah <laughs> i did he's in a movie called a halfway house christmas just throwing it sounds out sounds delightful I don't want to add it because <laughs> i don't want to it's gonna have to be at least a year before i can hear you don't want to listen to his voice for an hour this and 51 minutes <laughs> no oh halfway house christmas looks terrible y'all who becomes our big antagonist in this, Bryce Cummings, the smooth-talking L.A. executive who comes in to steal the job, uh, is played by John Glover. John Glover has done movies like he was in Gremlins 2. I don't think he was in the mm-hmm. first one, right? No. No, he wasn't. But his, his career goes back to he was in um, Annie Hall. He had a partner in Annie Hall. I, the, he, did the Twi- he did Twilight. He was in Nutcracker Madness. Money he was in Smallville. He Lionel was in Luther. Smallville. Huh. Yeah. He was in Smallville. That probably have to be my favorite, honestly. I can't say that's my favorite because they only showed him in the suit for five seconds in the grand finale. And that made me resent the whole show. Really? I liked it. I liked it. He's in The Good Wife. And uh, that's pretty much it there. I'm really trying to rush to these because I want to get to the Ghost of Christmas present, but we have to do the Ghost of Christmas past. The best ghost? Yes. Yes. Uh, David Johansson played the Ghost of Christmas past. He did a really good job with the role. Um, Yeah. He was a little more lively than the Ghost of Christmas tend to be. The Ghost of Christmas past tends to be. Like in Mm -hmm. the other versions we covered, they tend to be more uh, mystical, aloof maybe. He was a little more lively. Yep. He, t- he, too, was involved in The Very Merry Christmas. Uh, he was also in Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. He performed Is That You, Santa Claus? He was in uh, 
Tales from the Dark Side. He was in Kick-Ass, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Um, That's my favorite. As a, well, just as an, as a uh, voice. You mean those Chihuahuas weren't really talking? They were voiced by people? They were. (laughs) He was, he played in Oz. Uh, he was in the Wienerville Hanukkah special, Car 54, Where Are You? He, of course, well, and of course had a, uh, played Buster Poindexter on uh, Saturday Night Live, which is where we heard him at, on uh, The Grinch. Now that we've got all that out of the way, let's go to my favorite character in this entire movie. The Ghost of Christmas <laughs> Present is played by Carol Kane. <laughs> uh, and she is just absolutely amazing uh she was in my first experience that i think uh first time i ever saw her on screen was probably the princess bride yep she was in adam family's yep. values uh she goes back she was also in annie hall so we have a couple of annie hall alum here she was on taxi we should make the christmas reference for her she was in the live action remake of the year without a santa claus she was mother nature she was oh she and was. she was the best part of that live action special. She still because she, she looks exactly like Mother Nature and sounds exactly <laughs> like Mother Nature. <laughs> you realize Mother Nature is a fictional character, correct? Uh, I I refuse to believe these so-called truths that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> she plays Carol on Family Guy. She was in that movie The Pacifier. She was in Four Christmases. She did a stint on Two and a Half Men. I know you're going to love it when we get to that movie. You know we've got to cover it. She, of I, course, I mean, most recently I saw her a lot in Gotham. She, in she was awesome Kimmy on Schmidt. that show. Who did she play Schmidt. on that show? Penguin's mom. Which, yep. Oh, dude. And she was so good. I mean, she mm-hmm. was. you understand how the penguin turned out to be the penguin with <laughs> Carol Davis' yep. mother. There is nobody playing the Ghost of Christmas Future. It's all fake. I think we hit everybody we needed to, right? Uh, the only one I would mention is his secretary. The other one. Yep. Grace Al- Cooley. Grace is played by Alfrey Woodard, a Tulsa native. Oh, I didn't um, know she's from Tulsa. Yeah, her niece lives across, like, just right here by me. Huh. Yeah, she's born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she is unbelievably amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite, I don't know. I don't know if that I could put a favorite. Most recently, people will have heard her in The Lion King. She was in Lion King as uh, Simma's mom. Yep. She was in Star Trek First First Contact. She did Captain America Civil War. K-Pax, which was a terrible movie. She was in that TV series, A Series of Unfortunate Events. She she was was great in that. She was Aunt Josephine. Uh-huh. She couldn't hold a really candle good. to Meryl Streep, though, in the movie version. TV show's better. Meryl Streep is better in the role. But it's hard to compete with Meryl Streep. Yeah, she was in Desperate Housewives, 12 Years a Slave, just Gulliver's Travels, that TV series, the weird one from the 90s. Do you remember that, Julia? Yes, I do remember that. Ted, was it Ted Danson? Yes, it was. And he had, like, long hair. Yes, weird. On Saint Elsewhere, she has a long she has a long career. And she's an amazing actress. So this movie for me, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to say it gets better as it goes along for me. The beginning part is slow, until you get to the Ghost of Christmas Past. That's when I start really liking the movie. Everything prior mm-hmm. to that just feel drags to me, and that's all the stuff that feels really dated to me. It does. And uh, 
opens up. He's in a board meeting, and this television network he open he's he's with. They're do they're going to do a live version of a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. for whatever reason, starring Mary Lou Retton <laughs> as Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Which I see where you say that's dated. I mean, Mary Lou Retton is as dated as it gets. Um, mm-hmm. It looks terrible. The the people who put together the trailer. Um, <laughs> Featured just show- the guy reading for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, before that, we open up with the... Um, before that, we open up with the uh, Lee Majors, The Night the Ranger Dodge. <laughs> where Lee Majors um, comes in while the North Pole is under attack. <laughs> we, we forgot to mention, Danny Elfman does the music in this film. And, and you can tell. You can tell. You can tell. The, be- the mm-hmm. beginning... Felt when yeah. you're like going around the North Pole, felt yes. very Tim Burton, very Batman it Returnsy, mm-hmm. very Edward Scissorhandsy, yeah. But like you, yeah, Danny Elfman, great as always. <laughs> Edward so Scissorhandsy, that's an entirely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to comment first of all Sorry. on the uh, the shows that we see that IBC. You'll love oh. it. Oh, they're horrifying. You, you'll love it. The shows they have, they have The Night the Reindeer Died, where Lee Majors comes in while the North Pole is getting shot up and the elves are shooting back and he takes out all these people. Oh. And then we have, <laughs> what I think is one of the funniest references. We've got Bob Goulet singing Christmas songs <laughs> in like a swamp. It was Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. <laughs> uh, and then their TV show um, I feel a little dirty talking about because of the obvious references they're making but right. it's uh, Fa- Father Loves Beaver oh uh, that was hilarious um, <laughs> and they're looking for dad and mom says oh if I know your father he's out chasing beaver <laughs> <laughs> um, so we see all that and then we get the, the, the intro that these people come up with for <laughs> The Christmas Carol, like I said, it just looks awful. And, and there's an old guy sitting in a chair just reading a book. And then Mary Lou Retton doing flips for whatever reason. <laughs> because I guess if you hire Mary Lou Retton, what else is she going to do? Um, and, and it is so 80s. Oh, it's so 80s. And Mary Lou Retton as Tiny Tim. <laughs> I mean, it's straight up 80s. It is straight up. We'd have what, Simone, what's her, la- what's her last name? Doing it now? Uh, Sim- Simone Simone Biles would be doing would be doing that part. Oh, now, you mean nowadays? Yeah, yeah, she yeah, would be. Yeah, she'd be doing it now, so we could date it at, at this point in time. So, um, so there is something and, I want to say about Bill Murray's character, and it's something Bill Murray himself agrees with. First of all, Bill Murray doesn't like this movie, but he doesn't. No. Interesting. He said it could have been a really, really great movie. The script was, the script was so good. There's maybe one take in the final cut of the movie that's mine. We made it so fast. It was like doing a movie live. He, as in Richard Donner, tells, telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. So I kind of agree with him in that case. He was very loud, slightly over the top for Bill Murray, even. That's saying something. Yes. That's saying um, something. But Bill Murray creates this this commercial with like atomic bombs and people shooting. Yeah. He scares a woman to death with his commercial. 
and our first point of conflict here, Bobcat. Loudermilk. Yeah. Elliot Loudermilk tries to <laughs> correct him and tell him this is an awful idea. You shouldn't be doing this. And Bill Murray acts like he likes his idea and then tells Alfrey Woodard to fire him. And she's like, but it's Christmas Eve. And he replies, oh, right. Thanks for reminding me. Be sure to have payroll stop his Christmas bonus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, so ruthless. So they, they fire Elliot Loudermilk and he ends up getting escorted out and thrown out by the uh, security. And all Very this poor similar. guy wants us to have a drink. All this guy wants us to have He's a drink. trying to get drunk throughout the entire <laughs> thing and can't. Uh, we see him. Re- we see him throughout the show trying to, to to consume alcohol and nobody letting him. He has it stolen. <laughs> he has uh, a car drive by and get him soaking wet. But don't worry, fear not, people. Uh, he does find his his drunkenness later, um, which is actually over the top and hilarious at the same time. So we're going through this, and he obviously does not get the does not get the uh, Christmas spirit, right? He doesn't understand it. He's just trying to make money. He gets visited by Lou Hayward, who was his boss and kind of got him in the role. He, we learn later, was, was influential in getting him to become an executive. And he shows up and he's very... Um, he's he looks a, like the a, Night King. He does. He's in, a, he's in a far, far decomposed state. So much so that uh, part of his, the back of his head pops open and a mouse pushes out a golf ball crawls out and then goes right back in. Frank Cross ends up shooting him because, of course, people just have guns in their offices all the time. Mm-hmm. He was actually very scary. Like, I would say he was Luke? the scariest part of this yeah, film for Absolutely. Me. He was really When different. he dangles him out of the building, too. Like, I don't remember being scared by it as a child. I can see myself being scared of him as a child. Yeah, scared me. Yeah. Uh, there's an attempt at humor here that I think is just so overdone by cartoons long before where after Frank shoots him up, he takes a drink of whiskey and water starts coming out of the uh, bullet holes. It made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, he ultimately wants to scare the, the pants off of Bill Murray and um, pushes him through the glass and hangs him out over the city. So he's looking down uh, and he warns him, you're going to be visited by three, three ghosts and Bill Murray tries to play it off. He's like, oh, I'm busy. We can't do it right now. Fast forward, and uh, Anthony, do you want to take it from the Ghost of Christmas Past showing up? Sure. The Ghost of Christmas Past shows up in a taxi cab like DeLorean because it works exactly like the DeLorean. The faster he goes, the speedometer starts going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's so great. And uh, he takes Bill Murray back to his first his childhood where we see his father just be this awful person to him. Bill Murray makes a comment. He wants, some, he wants a toy from TV, right? That was it? Mm-hmm. So, it was a train. It was yep. a train right. on TV. Train. And his father makes a comment about how he should go out and get a job. And well, I mean, the nothing, guy brought nothing, nothing home was free. He said, lamb. Right. And nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the kid is eight at this point. Not even. Six, seven, something like that. And immediately, Bill Murray, adult Bill Murray, starts to tear up. So, Bill Murray kind of finds solace in TV once his mother leaves his father. And that's how he ended up Mm -hmm. in the TV industry. And then you... Well, then they go through... It's so much so that 
he talks about how he had such a great life and childhood and he starts quoting all these things he did and the the ghost of christmas past is getting mad and yelling he's like that's from this show that's from this show like he's just quoting mm-hmm. television shows <laughs> mm-hmm. as if it were his own life right and then we fast forward to he takes him when he's basically the mailboy at the IBC television. And it's with a Christmas that hair. Party. With that hair. That with that hair. Lord. That's a lot of hair. And and Bill Murray's shocked, like, since when do they do Christmas parties? And they did them all the time before Bill Murray took over as boss. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh it's your typical drunken debauchery. Christmas party. Oh my gosh, that girl on the copy machine. There's a woman photocopying her butt on the copy machine. And they wanted to keep keep the the non-R rating, so she's her butt is covered. Her butt is covered. Barely covered. Barely. You can see a lot of outlines. (laughs) Um, Barely covered. So she's handing those out. And Bill and she flirts with Bill Murray back in the day, but Bill Murray's so focused on his job. Like mm-hmm. present day Bill Murray is like, oh, I could have had my shot with her. What was wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Then you see his boss, Lou. Lou makes a comment like, there's a party going on around here. Like, even he makes a comment basically that Bill Murray's working too hard. He too uptight. To, too uptight. He needs to enjoy himself more. Then we meet the love of his life. We meet Claire Phillips when they literally when he literally runs into her on the street. Mm-hmm. Well, she like slams the door into his head. She slams the door into his head. They have it's a it's one of the it's a movie meet cute. Mm-hmm. She's it's apologetic. A she's apologetic. He's flirty. He's a pretty girl. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, they're living together. Yep. Uh, Ghost of Christmas Past is perving on her in the bathtub. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> our second movie, our second Christmas movie with weed. She's smoking a joint in the bath. What's the first Who one? Really? Office Christmas party. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And Bill Murray gets her out of the bath because he really wants to open. A <laughs> yeah, because he's excited present. about. He's Christmas. excited about Christmas. Yeah, it's he's like first Chris- Yeah, it's their first Christmas together. Their first tree together. He wants to open gifts, and he got her a set of knives, because <laughs> kitchen knives. Jinsu knives. <laughs> and then she got Y'all remember him. those commercials in the 80s where they would show a knife cutting through a can, aluminum can? Can, and then a tomato. And, and it, I remember asking my granddad, like, but why would you want to cut through a can? <laughs> like, <laughs> as a kid, it didn't make sense to me why you would do that with a knife. It was just such a bad sales trope. And then uh, she gets into Kama Sutra. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> Bill, Mur- Bill Murray and sarcastic Bill Murrayness starts going through the book. Did that? Been there? Done this? Yeah. <laughs> which is really, which is really funny. And she finds it so endearing and cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a really cute scene. They had really good chemistry together. Like they the did of, have good the, the, the bits of the two of them I felt were my favorite parts of the movie, like the strongest parts of the movie for me, because that's mm-hmm. where the heart really comes from with this movie. The two of them. Yeah. And you feel it. You really do. And, it's great chemistry. And you, you totally buy why he's in love with her because she's just fun and sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. And uh, in these past scenes, you can even see why she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so all of that to me was super well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sadness and heartbreak. We skip forward again. <laughs> Bill Murray is uh, 
climbing his way up the ladder at this television studio and now he's playing <laughs> he's a man in a dog suit on some <laughs> children's programming <laughs> and um claire comes to see him on her break on his like five minute break it's christmas eve and uh they have plans to go to dinner with friends that mm-hmm. night but lou's boss uh his boss invites them out to dinner mm-hmm. and uh Bill Murray wants to do that instead, put his career first. And she's like, we had plans. We can't do that. And uh, Bill Murray said, just, you know, go without. It's not just out to dinner. It's either his mistress or his want-to-be mistress that he's going out to dinner with on Christmas Eve. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Murray doesn't just say, no, I'm not going to go. He, uh, he tells her maybe she needs to stop being selfish. Yeah. There's this, yes. there's this real. And you can yeah. see how this hurt she is by his words. Yes. I have a problem with this in the movie. We see a dramatic character shift with no buildup, no there's nothing to prepare us for this. It is just a character shift that didn't have that came out of nowhere and I did not yeah. buy it. They could have do, done with one more scene in between. Absolutely. To show, yeah, to they show, needed to build it. It wasn't it, it was not I wasn't sold on it at um, all. But, but it was heartbreaking her when on her <laughs> When the door when we the door the closes. When the door yeah. closes and she's like kind of waving goodbye to him. Oh yes. my heart broke for her. It was awful. Her yeah. face. Yep. yep. Oh. And I um, really do find it I find it and pretty this telling is, that you and I use that same exact that we use the same word. Like <laughs> And it was great acting on Bill Murray's part because present Bill Murray, you can tell on his face like He's feeling biggest it. Biggest mistake of his life, yeah. He mirrors yep. that he, he mirrors that same the same expression in her future. Mm-hmm. Yep. His reactions with with Christmas past when he's standing there watching the living room scene and his mom and all of that, and he gets really teary eyed. That's also evocative. He did a really good job there. And I, you know, we had some traditional Christmas Carol things, right? There were moments he kept trying to look away, and past mm-hmm. forced him to stare and mm-hmm. confront it. Right. It's it's honestly yes, a modern day, but it's actually a pretty faithful telling of a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, maybe they went a little light on the Cratchit stuff. But. Uh, the Cratchit stuff got very dark. <laughs> 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 dark. But we'll get to uh, that. But the uh, <laughs> because that's well, and yeah. So he so he <laughs> so he wakes up in the present again, mm-hmm. and uh, he's starting to freak people out on set, <laughs> right? <laughs> because he's like acting crazier than usual and mm-hmm. he goes to the homeless shelter where claire is currently working mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> already after one ghost well second ghostly visit but the one real ghost he's going nuts <laughs> because he shows up they think he's homeless not just that he's homeless but these three homeless intoxicated people think they spent <sighs> time with him before they think he's richard burton um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about but, dating. That was a. I don't think people nowadays know who Richard Burton is. I don't know who right? Richard Burton is. You don't know like Ri- he, married to Liz Taylor. He was in oh, all. He was a big deal back Taylor. in the day. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, even I the eight in eighty eight, he was also still. I mean, big enough deal to where people knew who he was. That felt dated. That lost a little bit in the years. Oh, okay. But well, I can so see. that makes this part bothered so me a little bit. Yep. This scene bothered me a little bit because I know you need all three ghosts to get Scrooge's lesson, 
but Bill Murray was so affected by the past and he immediately slipped back into selfish Bill Murray when he talks to Claire. Yep. Claire just asked, give me five minutes. She was going to get out of her volunteer work to go have dinner with him and he mm-hmm. couldn't give her the five minutes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I think, but anyway. I think, what we see, I think what we see happening there is the, uh, the shock and awe of what he saw wears off. Right away. It does. It wears off and he's like, nope. Which also, I, the, the problem I have with this is it makes Claire become a pushover later. Yep. Uh, that's my problem with it too. Mm-hmm. Which sucks because Claire's my, I love Claire in this film. Mm-hmm. She's like, not my favorite character. No, the next ghost is my favorite character. The next ghost is my favorite. Carol King. So we have Christmas present now and it's Carol King. And everything that happens is secondary. Um, <laughs> To the fact that throughout this entire thing, she's beating the living crud out of Bill Murray. <laughs> With a toaster. Uh, well, first of all, she... Carol Kane hated that, beating him up on set. She said she, she hated it. Yeah. She said she, <laughs> all, she felt so bad to doing it. She and she actually the... ripped open his lip so bad oh that they had to pause filming for two weeks. <laughs> she's so little, too. It's crazy. Yeah, she nails him in the beans. She and does, and she calls it a nutcracker. Yep. That's <laughs> so we right. have the holiday theme there. <laughs> it's funny uh, to me that you cannot tolerate Bobcat Goldthwait's voice, but you are endeared. I can by tell Carol by the look Kane's in your voice. eyes by Carol Kane's voice. <laughs> that is like nails on a chalkboard to me, frankly. It's fine so for the character, Carol, but you're not I don't, a fan of her in general. I don't love her. I, I like her in small doses. I didn't mind her in this. She's just not my she, favorite ghost. She's much better as a supporting character than stuff where right. she has a big part. Yes, absolutely. Right. She had to grow on me in her time on screen as Christmas present. By the end of it, I, I, was, I was cool. But like at the beginning of it, ugh. Well, I, lo- I loved her look, how she looked like a fairy. She kind of yep. looked Glinda-y from The Wizard she of did. Oz. And she, she, even, she even quotes Glinda when she comes on. She says, I'm a little yep. muddled, which is what Glinda yep. said to Dorothy. When yep. Dorothy first appeared. I love their chemistry. It felt he's just trying to take everything in. They go see his brother and his brother is having, oh wait, was it brother first or was it Alfred Woodard first? Brother, right? His brother. So okay. we see his brother his and brother. he told Grace, the secretary, to send his brother uh, uh, an IBC <laughs> towel for Christmas. She decided to send him a VHS recorder. <laughs> as they called it's it like it, just, it wasn't just the player it was the recorder right <laughs> so uh her his brother ends up his brother ends up making excuses for him and defending him because you know he's my brother mm-hmm. and then he opens the the present and it's the vhs he opens it up he likes it so they go into play and and they're playing trivia and his brother doesn't mm-hmm. know the answer and he does and he's kind of annoyed but we put this in the back of our mind because when we see his transformation at the end Mm-hmm. He references this, and they're all like, wait, how does he know what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Then we see Grace with her son. He, she paid a lot of money that she didn't have to take him to a specialist to find out why he's not talking. Yeah, um, He hasn't talked since his dad died, so there was some trauma yeah. there. Um, and she paid another specialist who gave her no information, no help at all. She's uh, frustrated, but she's like, you're going to surprise everybody. When you talk, it's going to be big. She's so loving. I, know- I love her as a mom. I know it was dark, but I loved, I loved 
<laughs> I love when Bill Murray was staring through the window. I didn't know Grace's husband died. And Carol Kane's like, she wore black for an entire year. And he's like, I thought it was a fashion statement or whatever. He said, a fashion <laughs> the, the little boy who plays Calvin is just unbelievably oh. adorable. He is. Uh, he's our he's our true tiny Tim, not Mary Lou Retton. Yep. Right. Uh, hard disagree. <laughs> That's, let me guess. Do you have a crush on Mary Lou Retton too, Anthony? <laughs> uh, best version of Timey Tim I've ever seen. <laughs> first one where, first one where he does backflips. Um, so we go through, and then um, he gets abandoned by the ghost of Christmas present. I'm trying to remember now. Was this where he ends up in the in the subway? In the sewer like grate. The yeah. sewer, the sewer grate. grate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he gets Another abandoned. kind of creepy scene. Yes, it's ab- creepy. He gets abandoned here by the ghost of Christmas present, and he's in the sewer grates of New York, mm-hmm. um, which has got to be one of the scariest places on the planet. And mm-hmm. Oh, sees, man. Yeah, it is. I imagine. I haven't, been, I haven't been in one. But I <laughs> oh, walk oh, over them, and I, I walk over them, and I'm like, oh, man, I'd hate to be down there. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that we didn't see any uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Giant rats. Or giant rats. Alligators in the sewers. Random ninjas. Mole people. But he does see one of the guys from the shelter who um, apparently It's like frozen solid with this little smirk on his face and he has a watch in his hand. And he froze to death because Bill Murray wouldn't lend him, what was it, two dollars, two cents? To buy a coffee. To keep yep. warm. Yep. And so Bill Murray here again has a uh, uh, an epiphany moment that doesn't last. I don't know. I think it got to him. Like the way he was yelling at him, I didn't think it was cruel so much as he was trying to make no. Feel- but it's not going to last long term, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yep. It's he. He needs that third ghost still. Um. So Julie, can you do Ghost of Christmas Future for us? Yeah. So. Ghost of Christmas Future isn't that dissimilar from a lot of futures. Um, or, except, as you would probably call him, the hot ghost of Christmas Future? I wouldn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we've got the gi- the iconic, or what I think of when I think of this movie, is the gigantic skeleton hand that grabs him, right? Like, it's one of those scenes that you've seen referenced in other places. Um, and it was one of those scenes I remembered you know, it's when I the, watched it's it. It's on the poster Monday. too. The and it's on man. the poster. Right. Well, well so, so right before this, he's on the elevator with the ghost. Oh, this Christmas. is where louder milk comes back in. Yes. Yes. Right. So Bobcat Goldthwaite's character, uh, louder milk is stark raving drunk and he has a shotgun now and he's ticked about getting fired, especially, around the time of year it was and it made him lose his wife. And it was just like this trickle down effect of really terrible stuff that happened to him. So he goes back to the TV station and basically accosts Bill Murray's character um, and tells him he's going to kill him (laughs) because he ruined his life and uh, took everything from him. So in an escape from the shotgun, Bill Murray gets in the elevator and that's where we meet ghost of Christmas future um black shrouded ghost skeleton hand um television face face. his so it's interesting how television is used throughout the movie 
And it was uh-huh. just extremely smart on Donner's part um, that he kept reinforcing the television theme, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, his face is a television screen um, with haunting images on it. And it replays, you know, at certain points, doesn't it replay parts of, you know, his mm-hmm. own life and stuff like that. But um, so future shows him kind of the standard scenes we think of when we think of Scrooge retellings. Um, it shows him his death right? Which is the ultimate one that gets to him. But it shows him this curious one that Tom brought up or Anthony brought up. I don't know which one of um, Karen Allen's character in the future. So she's in this very nice restaurant and she is totally made up 80s style, right? Like fancy makeup. She's real frou-frou. And there are these homeless kids standing outside and she is basically Bill Murray pre-Reformation character but in girl form. And mm-hmm. I was totally with, so who said that they didn't like that part? Me. Tom. Tom. So when the scene started, I was like, no. I mean, because we don't need her to change. She wouldn't change anyway, right? Because she is this pure character and, and right? Like uh-huh. this would never be some part of the future ever. She's um, so good and altruistic that one line from Frank, 20 years after they had dated would mean anything to her or 15 wouldn't mean years, that. 10 years. No. So I was totally with you on that until she started quoting what he told her, which I get is the whole point of it. But I liked almost at the, by the end of the scene, I was digging the fact that it made it that much more painful to him. What he said to her, because he saw this future of, you know, not that it would ever happen, but of this, this really amazing woman flipping to how he is current state all because of this thing that he said, you know, take care of yourself. You watch out for you first. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind it by the end of the scene. I was like, okay, I can get down with that. Um, But I did have that reaction initially to it as well. Um, They also do my least favorite part of Dickens, which is the temperance and ignorance part. I hate that part. I have a Christmas carol. I absolutely despise that part. They sort of do it. They don't call it out, but this ghost of Christmas present, which I guess they switch ghosts on it, but he's got these bodies inside of him. And I kind of assumed that was part of that. Did y'all get that mm-hmm. sense too? Yep. Absolutely. So yep, they shifted absolutely. it back a ghost, but it felt. But like I feel like it kind of, honestly, even thinking about the original story kind of makes sense for Christmas future. To have him in his robes, yeah, Just it does. Give a Christmas past characterization versus Christmas futures. Yeah, well, in present, it's usually done in present. Pat, present, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, it does. It's because it's creepy. It is. <laughs> and creepy. the only creepy ghost is is future. Oi. What's his name with the shotgun? Kind of. Uh, yes. Bob kind Jack. of really, kind of really dark, considering <laughs> the climate we live in nowadays. Yeah, yes. I don't think this would fly today. No, no, I don't either. In a comedy movie, no. Uh-oh. Yeah, no. Yeah, it'd have to be drama. <laughs> yeah. So that concludes the ghosts. And Tom, you want to bring us back around to Scrooge in his post-ghost appearance? Tom, do you want to put a little love in our heart? Yeah, put a little love I in our heart, Tom. do want to put a little love in our heart. So he shows up, and when he comes back, they're doing the live broadcast of, of A Christmas Carol. And he just cuts in, starts 
um, talking about, you know, he's, he's, he's verbalizing what he's learned <clears throat> and engaging everybody and encouraging people to follow the Christmas spirit. It's beautiful. People start singing, put a little love in our hearts and he gets ready to sign off and he looks down at Calvin and says, did I forget anything? Or no, Calvin's tugging on him. He's like, you didn't say God bless us, everyone. Like this is the moment that tiny Tim speaks that his, the transformation of Frank cross brings about tiny Tim's healing. And it's just mm-hmm. beautiful come together at the end. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's I the wild it and crazy Scrooge when he finally wakes up that I love. It's mm-hmm, my favorite scene in every Christmas Carol. Yep. Let's talk about quotes and scenes. I did learn in this. Um, oh no, I don't want to say that's a little dark. Never mind. What were you gonna say? Part about Richard, why he called, said that he thought that guy was Richard Pryor when he threw water on the waiter when he thought he was on fire. Oh, I thought that was a funny freaking joke. <laughs> do you know why he said that, Julia? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> so. Uh, Richard Pryor apparently, while freebasing coke, lit himself on fire and ran down the streets in L.A. Um, <laughs> it might be poor taste, but man, it's funny. It's a, it was a funny joke, and Bill Murray ad-libbed the majority of his lines in this movie. He Which did. I guess it is was... what drove Richard Donner insane. Yep. Partly. And which well, but, drove Bill because... Murray insane because Richard Donner didn't work that way. Well, and Bill Murray, Bill Murray didn't like the script originally. He thought it was trash. And so they, he, he's the reason we have this great love story. It's, yeah. We needed the um, love story. The love story is the heart of this film. It would not uh-huh. work without the love story. Uh-uh. So best bell, be, hands we down. Wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have any of the reasons to stay. You know what I mean? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't still be watching it today if it weren't for that love story and that that's what really shows his transformation when he realizes what's more important. Yep. My favorite scene is by far Carol beating up Frank. Where she puts <laughs> the toaster and hits him <laughs> in the face. For whatever reason, I don't understand why she picked up a toaster, but or why there was a toaster on the floor. I guess it was a Christmas present. Uh, so I like the line Claire has. I'm going to go sweet at the beginning. That's the one good thing about regret. It's never too late. You can always change tomorrow if you want to. That is really a good like one. Sentiment. But the nipple scene is my favorite scene in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's the golden, the golden star dancers, golden city dancers, some kind of horrific dancers they have in this uh, Charles Dickens scene. live show <laughs> with like the skimpiest little bottoms on and they're like it's terrible and it's awful and it's so funny um but frank cross is frank cross <laughs> is standing there with the censor lady and he goes i want to see her nipples and she goes but this is a christmas show frank <laughs> goes well i'm sure charles dickens would have wanted to see her nipples and then this random guy goes you can barely see them nipples see and these guys are really looking these guys are really looking. <laughs> and then they go further and the sensor lady gets hit. That whole scene is hilarious because the guys turn around and leave and they smack her in the head with that light pole and she collapses on the ground and Frank goes, make sure her nipples are covered up. <laughs> so I, I didn't it. realize I, his brother. So I saw where his brothers were all in the movie and I could pick yep. all of them out. But the young one, 
his actual brother in casted brother in the show i did not realize until after it was over that was his brother brother yeah so that was younger. awesome yeah yeah there's a huge age difference between all these brothers yeah there's a huge there age difference <laughs> but i love that they were all in it and i love that they're in a lot of his stuff mm-hmm. yeah i really liked when uh loudermilk elliot comes in with the shotgun and is following him around and we have the elmer fudd rabbit reference weapon (laughs) 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 we have the elmer fudd reference where he's like hello (laughs) wabbit oh that was funny I like when Frank is with the ghost of Christmas past and he says, I get it. You're taking me back in time to show me my mother and my father and I'm supposed to get all goosey and blubbery. But forget it, pal. You got the wrong guy. And the ghost of Christmas past says, that's exactly what Attila the Hun said. But when he saw his mother, Niagara Falls. (laughs) (laughs) It was awful, but I like his dad when he's, he's like, you know, telling him to get a job and his mom's like he's only four and he says all day long i listen to people give me excuses why they can't work my back hurts my legs ache i'm only four (laughs) (laughs) and of course the line that everybody thinks go back to jersey you moron (laughs) (laughs) i liked i'm gonna quote one of the promos at the beginning of the film (laughs) <laughs> I like when Santa's like it's Lee Majors the six million dollar man <laughs> Lee Majors is like Santa is there a back way out of this place and Santa's like of course there is Lee but this is one Santa is going out the front door <laughs> and Lee's like look it don't matter a hill of beans what happens to me but the world couldn't afford it if anything happened to you now stay put and Santa's like oh that's very nice of you Lee and Lee You've been a real good boy this year. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Super creepy. (laughs) I like the, um, when he's in the, when he's in the sewers, his stab at certain New York establishment. He was like, well, this is nice. Where are we? Trump Tower? (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that. That was funny. That was funny. I like when uh, (laughs) James is, it says you know what they say about people who treat other people bad on the way up and frank's like yeah you get to treat them bad on the way back down too it's great you get two chances to rough them up (laughs) there's that part uh, i'm gonna do it by memory where he walks in and he sees calvin's picture on grace's wall and he's like uh uh grace what the is this She's like oh it's a picture my kid did or something uh it's it's santa and mrs claus and he says how many fingers does Santa have? And she says, 11. And he's like, yeah, 11, exactly. It's crap. I don't want it on the wall. And he like takes down Calvin's picture, crumbles it and throws it away. So terrible. Oh, this woman, if she did, if she didn't have, if Calvin weren't to need, you know, she would have walked out at that point. I do want to bring another point of random useless trivia here. This is TJ Miller's third favorite Christmas movie. Is it really? (laughs) What are his first two? Uh, his second one, you're going to love, It's a Wonderful Life. And his first one is A Christmas Story. Oh, nice. Interesting. I can see that. So I have a bit of random trivia, too. Yo. So Preston tells Frank that in America, there are 27 million cats, 
48 million dogs and then oh says that IBC needs to start gearing programming towards them, which hilarious, that whole scene. But as of 2015, there are several dog and cat specific channels on the Roku that supply dedicated programming for the animals based on scientific studies and what interests them. Wow, so he was prophetic is what you're saying. Yes. That's really disappointing. Um, I do like where he tells them to start bringing in Dormouse, Dormice. <laughs> so they bring in the Dormouse as a, part, a fixture, a, a character in the Christmas Carol. And they're like, oh, we can't get the antlers to stay. They, the glue won't hold. And Frank says, have you tried staples? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Claire, Claire didn't like that. So I said earlier, this movie didn't age as well for me. I like the movie, but look-wise, it hasn't aged as well as some of the older movies we've covered. I think because it was trying to be so so quintessentially 80s. Mm-hmm. I had no problem once we got to the ghosts. It's the beginning stuff that just, I found. He's that highfalutin New York executive. Yeah. I'm going to pretend you, you didn't say that. No, it's, it's not legitimate. <laughs> it's like that trope. That, I know, that TV, I know, that I know, movie I know. Trope. <laughs> No, I'm not saying anything about New York. It's that bad idea that everybody had of what a New York executive was like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So is this yeah, a Christmas movie? That, I don't know. It's totally a Christmas movie. Does I, it pass I, the Linus I, test? Yes. Absolutely. And I agree with Bill Murray when he said he, when he took the role, it was because he thought it was genius to try to do a comedic take on Scrooge. Mm-hmm. It was. Because that's a good Scrooge has been done straight as we know, a billion times, a billion times. So to try to do it funny is an interesting. I, and it kind of, it, it kind of makes it kind of makes me sad that Bill Murray is not a fan of this movie himself. Yeah, this is our second attempt at finding a humorous after all American Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. <laughs> yeah, this one actually succeeded though. There you this go. This one did succeed. Are we ready to rank it? I'm ready. I'm ready. I think. For real? We're all ready to go? Um, yeah, I'm ready. Me too. Anthony, what do you give it? I'm going with an 8.5. We're with a 9.9. I went Julia. with an 8.52. <laughs> that gives us an average score of 8.967, which puts that number eight on our list between the Miracle on 34th Street remake and Shazam. All that right. feels better to me. That feels better for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have you guys seen the most recent trailer for FX is a Christmas Carol, which debuts a week from now when we're recording this? No. no. Can we pause it and watch it now? Yeah. Is it the official trailer? I think okay. it. You'll, you'll know it because I want to talk about something that they seem to be doing, <laughs> which... Uh, does not sit right with me, so I'm curious to get your take. So, Okay, hold please. I don't think I'm into this movie at all. I don't like... It just looked like... A, what's that show? Peaky Blinders? Well, yeah, it's it the guy that's doing like, it, right? I know it is, but it looks, like, it looks exactly like that. It looks like he's just putting Peaky Blinders in a Dickinson thing. It, I, no. Nope. So it seems to have a lot of Marley in it yes mm-hmm. which is interesting um and i don't love bob crutchett's wife not being this wholesome motherly character well like i don't like her i don't like that scrooge is basically dangling money 
to have relations with her. No, like, I don't like either. so that that makes me think. Does he know? Like at the beginning, Tiny Tim's a cripple. Obviously, and I mean, he's from sick. that, yeah, from that thing, it looks very much like he knows it. Like we're saying, Tiny Tim's sick, and he's like, "This is because of your sins or something." Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm still intrigued to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sensationalized to me. But but this yeah, that's tr- this makes me a bit uh, wary. Yeah, sensationalized. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm sure whoever's doing it is is trying to say this is probably a more realistic view of what London would have been like in that time and and that Dickens original story was sensationalized because it had ghosts to begin with. <laughs> I don't I don't like the ghosts in it. I mean I love Andy Circus and anything. I'll watch Andy Circus as anything, yeah. Yeah. I will too. But but, but a few of the other ghosts I'm curious. Yeah. You know what looks like more wholesome movies? Maybe. What? Are the two movies we're covering in the next few weeks? I would definitely use the word wholesome. Wholesome? <laughs> Much more mark. so. <laughs> next week. Question mark. Christmas week. We are covering White Christmas. And the week after that, just in time for the new year, which I think is very appropriately placed for this film. It's a wonderful life. It is well-placed. I will agree with that. Um, I want to read a review that we got, y'all. Yes. Because it made me happy. Our review from Elena B163 on Apple Podcasts said, she gave us five stars, and she said, come for the Christmas, stay for the Harry Potter. She said, I love this podcast. I look forward to a new episode each week. And find myself laughing along as the elves re- review some of the best and the worst Christmas movies and specials of all time. The other content, mostly the Friends Thanksgiving episode, always brings me back to a great memory. And the Harry Potter chat makes me want to increase my book rereads from once every year to twice. Thanks, guys. Keep it going. I love that. I love that. That's so sweet. Elena, if you will, email us at elves at tisthepodcast.com. And we'll send you a little thank you for the awesome review. I want to talk about something else sweet this week. So Anthony and I are a part of the ornament exchange that, what, like eight, nine, ten people are taking a part of uh, mm-hmm. this Christmas season. And one of our participants, her name's Bridget Oakley, and she was incredibly kind and I think sent a Christmas card to everybody on the list, even though she definitely didn't have to. And Anthony and I Aww. both got one. And it was like the sweetest note inside about how she, she loves listening and it really enhances her season. Just and how, incredibly kind. And how she feels like she's sitting around with three friends every yes. weekend. That's like the highest compliment I feel like we can get. Yes, it is. So, oh, so Bridget, thank you so much for that, for that Christmas card. I think it's my favorite one yet. And Anthony sent me his picture one. So like high praise. <laughs> oh well, don't spoil. I haven't opened it. I haven't opened Anthony's yet. Christine and I like to sit down and open them together, and we haven't had a chance yet. So we got a Aww, little stack here. That. I, I also will wanna... also. I also want to thank Charlene for sending a Christmas card to the elves. We got thank that. You, thank Charlene. you so much. Thank so you. And, also, uh, Todd Killian for nope, Christmas platter. Also sent a Christmas card. Thank you, Todd. Oh, thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. You good guy, Todd. Um, I just wanted to plug something real quick. Um, when you're listening to this, actually it dropped today, the same day as this episode, uh, download the latest episode of film strip podcast. 
Uh, you may, you would, you will hear two of the elves, me and Julia, discuss the Christmas film Rare Exports with the crew over there, and that was a really fun recording session, and we were so glad to co-host that episode. And yes, that was so much fun. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> President Hot Dog said it's already out. But Jay from the Filmstrip podcast messaged us on Twitter today saying it drops Monday. The cool. Mike Westfall advent calendar house one is out. Right. Okay. All right. But anyways, check it out because that was a fun discussion. And fun. we need to put Rare Exports on our list this upcoming year. Yes, we absolutely do. And if you want to hear us even more places, check out Patreon. We have bonus episodes and stickers and you could possibly co-host you know check it out for more tis the podcast content patreon.com slash tis the podcast or tis the podcast.com slash patreon same way you can find all of our social media channels you can go to tis the podcast.com slash facebook twitter instagram reddit facebook group and get involved our facebook group is really on fire y'all um, if you're not on it, you should be. It's great. It's a lot of fun right now. I think it's going to help all of us in about a month. Ugh. Yep. Yep. But we are not at a month yet. So let's not worry yet. Because as of today, we only have 216 hours until Christmas, if you can believe that. I can't. That's only nine days, y'all. That is one week. It's almost here. Um, if you're on our Facebook group, send us a picture of your Christmas decorations, your house, oh, your yeah. tree, whatever. Let's start sharing our, our excitement with each other. Yes. I would love to see that. Me too. And in the meantime, go watch White Christmas. You're going to thank us. And we will see you back here. Same Christmas time, same Christmas channel. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Put a little love in your hearts. Boo. So much boo. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. Before we go, you had something you wanted to say to me, Anthony, on the podcast? <laughs> you promised? You did promise. <sighs> Tom, you're going to cover. No, uh, I will quote, you, sir, are the best. I'll admit it on the recording Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> All I have to say to that is... Fake news. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tom, you are the best. And oh, on that man, note. I wish you weren't going to say that because I was going to say all you New Yorkers are the same. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, have a good week. <laughs> Bye. Which gives us an 8.967, which puts it at number two on our list. Dude. Between, between what? Between Elf and the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus had a 9.57. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait, no, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, we moved it. Dang it. We moved Muppet Christmas Carol, didn't we? Mickey's Christmas Carol. That's 
Oh, I'm showing Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet's is number 9.33 as a rating. Which is number six. Yeah. Wait. Wait. What? That doesn't make. How is it 8.96? Oh, Jesus. 9.33. I'm sorry. His birthday's in his birthday's in like a week. Let's do that over again. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, this isn't right. It's not number two, dude. Okay. <laughs> I see four. Four's in the nine. Four of them in the nine. Guys, math is hard. <laughs> I'm putting this all as outtakes. Um, that gives us an average score of eight point nine six seven. Stop! Stop laughing. <laughs> I just uh, thought it wasn't me this time. Who's making all the noise through the whole movie? My brother, the King of Christmas.